the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, September the 22nd, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today today is uh, autumn. It arrives today at 3.20 p.m. Eastern Time. It's about 12.20 out here on the West Coast. There are also 100 days left in 2021. Only 100 days. Time flies. When you're having fun. In fact, time flies even if you aren't having fun sometimes. Today in 1761, Britain's King George III and his wife Charlotte, they were crowned in Westminster Abbey. Today in 1776, during the Revolutionary War, Captain Nathan Hale, he was 21 years old. He was hanged as a spy by the British in New York. Today in 1862, President Abraham Lincoln issued a preliminary emancipation proclamation. It declared that all slaves in um, rebel states should be free as of January the 1st, 1863. Today in 1949, the Soviet Union exploded its first atomic bomb. Today in 1950, Omar Bradley, he was promoted to the rank of five-star general, joining an elite group. That included Dwight D. Eisenhower, Douglas MacArthur, George C. Marshall, and Henry H. Hap Arnold. Today, in 1961, the Interstate Commerce Commission issued rules prohibiting racial discrimination on interstate buses. Today, in 1975, Sarah Jane Moore attempted to shoot President Gerald R. Ford outside a San Francisco hotel, but missed him. Ten years ago today, American diplomats led a walkout at the United Nations General Assembly as Iran's president fiercely attacked the United States as an arrogant power ruled by greed and eager for military adventurism. Five years ago today, it was disclosed that computer hackers had swiped personal information from at least 500 million Yahoo accounts. That was believed to have been the biggest digital break-in at an email provider at that time. I think it still, I think it still would be the, the biggest one. One year ago today, the UN General Assembly convened in its first ever virtual meeting. Secretary General Guterres, or Gutierrez, he urged nations to tackle the coronavirus and the economic calamity it had unleashed as well as the risk of a new Cold War between the United States and China. Well, President Biden spoke at the United Nations this week, yesterday. It was not virtual, but it was virtually revealing of what he sees, his vision for America as we fit in to the world. We become one of the bunch. We become a village, not a city on a hill. 
Speaking to the United Nations yesterday, President Biden claimed that the freedom of Americans is connected to and dependent upon, these are his words, not mine, connected to and dependent upon the global community. In other words, we have no existence unless we are connected into and part of all of the other nations of the world. That's globalism in its worst and finest moment. We have no existence, according to him, and we have no freedom. Because our president said yesterday, he told the world at the United Nations, and whatever we think of them, they exist, and they keep doing what they doing, what they do. I don't think much of them. I'd like to fire up a, a DC-8 or something, Caterpillar, and push that building into the bay. I, I mean, that's what I think personally of the UN. I think, it, but anyway, it exists. Our founding fathers would be shocked if they heard what the President of the United States is telling the world on that stage. But he did. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations under the Trump administration, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, she said, quote, with Joe Biden asleep at the switch, our friends don't trust us and our enemies are rejoicing. The globalists are rejoicing as well. George Soros is getting up there in years, but I can tell you, he had a good day yesterday. He loved what he heard the President of the United States telling the world. I want to take a closer look at that this morning because there's things and parts of what he said that we should be aware of, just so we'll know. Because it gives clarity when we see some of the other things unfolding. For example, this morning, several media outlets are reporting, including Associated Press, to their credit, that despite the promises that the DHS Secretary Alondro Mayorkas made on behalf of the President this week, on Monday, Haitian migrants, you know, all those thousands of migrants under that bridge in Del Rio, Texas, I talked about that earlier this week, I think yesterday or Monday, well, they're being released into the U.S. interior. I said on this program, because, and I, I think you probably said it to yourself as well. I said on this program, this all these bringing in these, you know, 40 flights per day to take these people and take them back to Haiti. I said, it's not going to happen. They're going to do enough for a show to put up a facade of, well, Biden is finally starting to enforce our borders. He's starting to do the right thing. Before, before you believe that, I said, let's see what happens. I'm thinking they're going to make a big deal out of these planes. They're going to land them out there and they're going to stage them in the airport. They're going to take a bunch of pictures. They're going to put them out to the media. And then they're going to release these people into our country. I have nothing against Haiti. I've said this time and time again here because it was such a impactful part of my life and the ministry that we've had throughout our life. I've been in all these countries. I haven't worked in Haiti, but I've been in most of the third world countries on this planet and others as well. But starting churches in missionary evangelism, starting churches, building churches, bringing in crews from the United States, builders and 
school teachers and accountants at building churches, literally like bang, bang, bang with a hammer or pouring concrete or whatever. Actually, these guys would build these churches while we were starting the churches in the villages and cities of the world. I've been in the darkest corners of this world, with not as a tourist, but with the local Christians. And I will tell you, I am pro-people because God is pro-people. Jesus Christ died for every one of us because we are sinful. But God is also for borders and national sovereignty. And I'm going to get to that today in just a moment. But Biden lied. And his administration has lied to America. Because now we're discovering what we already knew would happen. Mayorkas stood up. He said at the at his press conference this week, was on Monday, he said, if you come to the United States illegally, I'm quoting from his text here, if you come to the United States illegally, you will be returned. Your journey will not succeed. You will be endangering your life and your family's life. Um, he said, quote, your journey will not succeed and you will be endangering your life and your family's lives. We in DHS are securing additional transportation to accelerate the pace and increase the capacity of removal flights to Haiti and other destinations in the Western Hemisphere. Despite these bold promises of removal, it appears, and the press is reporting this morning, just hours ago, that a number of Haitians being removed is in the hundreds, while those being released into America are in the thousands. Even Associated Press is reporting this morning, quote, the releases come amid a quick effort to empty the camp under a bridge that, according to some estimates, held more than 14,000 people over the weekend in a town of 35,000 people. That would be Del Rio, Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Associated Press says, during a visit Tuesday, yesterday, to Del Rio, said the county's top official told him the most recent tally at the camp was about 8,600 migrants still there. So that'd be about a little more than half. The criteria, Associated Press says, for deciding who has flown to Haiti and who is released to the U.S. was unclear. But two U.S. officials said single adults were the priority for expulsion flights. Fox News is also reporting this morning that the release of Haitian migrants into the U.S. interior is continuing. The migrants are reportedly being flown by Aero Airways. That's a Mexican airline. I've flown on it before. Um, They're a major government contractor, according to Fox News, and they say they're being flown to U.S. destinations. Here are the destinations they're being flown to at this time. Chicago, Denver, Minneapolis, New York City, Yakima, Washington, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Associated Press says as many as 6,000 migrants have been released from the camp in Del Rio, Texas, in the last 48 hours into America. There are reports out there that they are deeply diseased. Clearly, these people need help. Clearly, they do. Jesus himself has told us to help them. The Bible is clear on how we should respond to the poor. But the biblical response is not to tear down the borders 
of one of the greatest, if not the greatest nation ever to exist on the planet. That isn't God's will. God's will is borders and culture and national sovereignty. That is what the Bible teaches. Standing up in front of the world at the United Nations yesterday, Biden not only said we need to become a village, we need to become, I don't think he used that word, but that was what he defined. We're not a city on a hill. We're not a shining city on a hill. That's not part of the leftist vision. What they see and what he sees is a village, just like Hillary. It takes a village to raise a child. Parents aren't capable of doing that anymore. We need a village. We need the school. We need the activists. We need those who are more enlightened than we parents are to raise our children. That's where this is all coming from, and that's where it's going. President Biden said that to deliver for our own people, we must engage deeply into the rest of the world. What does that mean, to engage deeply? Well, he answered his own comment. He elaborated on it. He pledged to double U.S. financial aid to poorer countries to help them switch to cleaner energy and to cope with the merciless effects of climate change. Doubling the aid means increasing assistance to about $11.4 billion a year going to these third world countries. This after five months ago, doubling the amount to $5.7 billion a year. So within a six-month period, he's gone from about two and a half or less, 2.3 billion to 5.7 billion. Then he promised 11.4 billion yesterday. He said, we're opening a new era of relentless diplomacy, using the power of our development aid to invest in new ways of lifting people up around the world. But this isn't lifting people up. You know why? Because I know I've been there. I doubt that he's been in too very many third world countries. I don't know much. I was born and raised on an orchard, and here I am, but in Yakima Valley. But I will tell you, I will tell you, the billions of dollars that flow to these third world countries, and you know how I know? Because the people who live there have told me this. It doesn't help the people for the most part. A little bit of it trickles in for the sake of press and reporting and so on. But for the most part, the billions of dollars that are sent to third world countries end up in the pockets of a few. Not unlike the Biden family and their dealings with China and Ukraine and all of that, except perhaps to a much greater degree in these third world countries. There are despots who run these countries and the money ends up in their pockets or the pockets of their family and closest friends and allies. That's where the money goes. It doesn't help. You send, Franklin Graham will tell you this. He's figured out ways to crack this with his Samaritan's Purse. That's why we, we should always give our the money through these nonprofit organizations that have been tested and true, particularly the Christian ones. But we rarely do that. We do sometimes, the American, in fairness, but not a lot. For the most part, this money flows in there like, like, like the Columbia River. And there's enough money to fix all the problems. And then we do it again next year and the next and the next. That's why the Great Society that LBJ set in motion years ago, when I was a young man trying to figure out what made this world turn as far as the political aspect of it. But I will tell you, I will tell you, money is not the answer 
and they throw money around like, well, like it's endless. And I guess to a politician, sometimes it is because it's other people's money. That's the epitome of socialism, isn't it? Biden claimed also that the freedom of Americans is connected to and dependent upon the global community. He did. He really did sound like Hillary Clinton. It takes a village. The president told the world, I quote him here, there's a fundamental truth in the 21st century. Within each of our countries and as a global community, our own success is bound up in others succeeding as well. To deliver for our own people, we must engage deeply with the rest of the world. Our security, our prosperity, and our very freedoms are interconnected. In other words, we have no security, we have no prosperity, and we have no freedom except as it is harvested from our interconnectedness or our relationship with all the other countries of the world. I'm not suggesting that the United States become isolationist, like we build walls around our borders in the sense of culturally and not having relationship with other countries. That's silly. House Foreign Affairs Committee ranking member Michael McCall, he highlighted the discrepancies between Biden's words and his actions. He told the press yesterday, he said yesterday afternoon after President Biden had spoken, he said President Biden's speech today does not match his actions. His failed leadership led to the chaotic and deadly withdrawal from Afghanistan that abandoned our partners, angered our NATO allies, allies, and emboldened our adversaries. All the while, he said, China is ratcheting up its aggression in the region, its malign influence around the world. Tough talk is useless if it's followed by weak actions. That's what we're seeing in America. We do not have leadership now. Former U.S. Ambassador, I mentioned her a moment ago, Nikki Haley, she'll probably run for president in 2024. In fact, she has said she's strongly considering it, but she will not run. In the primary, she will not run at all if President uh, Trump runs because she will support him. She said that publicly several times, so I'm pretty sure that's what she means. But anyway, she said, quote, President Biden's speech ignored the reality and the seriousness of America's threats and enemies. China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, Afghanistan, and terrorism, she said, to name a few. She said, under Trump, the world knew where we stood. At the U.N., we took the names of our enemies and had the backs of our allies. And speaking of Trump, there's a news story out there that was just published about an hour ago, about an hour before we came on the air this morning. He has filed, Trump has filed a lawsuit, a $100 million lawsuit against the New York Times for their um, illegal, I think is the word he uses, for their, anyway, for their publishing of his tax records and... Um, I think he's pretty serious about it. I think he's going to go for it. Be interesting to watch how that plays out. But that's what Nikki Haley's talking about. You never need to guess a whole lot about where Trump's coming from. Uh, sometimes he tells you more than you want to know, but nonetheless, you can pretty well know where, where he's going. And we have other leaders in the conservative side that are like him, different personalities, but they have that same virtue of letting people really know where you're coming from. Because if people don't know, people doesn't expect, they don't expect anybody, any leader to be perfect. None of us are perfect. But they do expect them to be authentic. But the, the left is just, they just go through these words, this mumbo jumbo. 
And as a young man, I begin to see this, and now it's a hundred times worse. I'm over 40. That was several years ago <laughs> when, I began, when I began to pay attention to the political side. Then I began to integrate it into my sermons in church, preaching from the pulpit. Yeah, no, and the people didn't leave the church. In fact, the church grew. People thanked me for letting them know what was going on. Church needs to be the voice in a culture, not the news media. The church, the church should be bending the culture toward righteousness and speaking to the issues and informing Christian people in general as to what's going on in our world. But we hide behind this cloak of separation of church and state, which isn't bad at all. I mean, it's been inverted. It's been put on its head, but I understand they enforce it and they put penalties on us if we talk about God in the wrong place or we... God forbid, pray in the wrong place. But the church is supposed to lead, not follow. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How do we be transformed? By the renewing of our mind. How is our mind renewed? By the power of God. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And we speak the gospel to the issues and to the people. And somehow people who do not know the Lord personally when we speak the truth and it relates to what's affecting their lives, your lives today. We understand not only that we have a need, that we're fearful, that we're confused, but we understand there is an answer. There is a sure answer. And it's not me on the radio. It's Almighty God and His Word that never changes. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word never changes. I'm sure you've memorized this, or many of you have. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Verse 7 is often not mentioned, but it says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. We're in a rush in our world today to be to be wise in our own eyes, and it's not working. Biden's eyes see a village. Our founders' eyes saw a city on a hill. What do you see for America? And more importantly, what do you see as our as our responsibility before God? To whom much is given, much is required. Biden didn't even mention Russia or China by name in his speech. He emphasized his administration's investments in climate change. That was the main part of what he said as far as the word count. His agenda, he said, aims to create jobs. He noted that he will, quote, work with Congress to double public international financing to help developing nations tackle climate change. Again and again and again, he went through this. You know what I thought of when I was listening to part of it and reading all of what he said? I read the whole text. He's given a clarion call for globalism, and you know what came to my mind? It reminded me of the sirens of Homer's Odyssey, that classic thing that was written, you know, forever ago. But I'm not a student of it, but I've I've read a part of it, a good part of it. I haven't read it all, but I've just read it in parts over the years. But the story of the sirens of Homer's Odyssey is 
that these 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 women that were kind of like mermaids, I think, they were on the rocks of this island, and and this crew is in their ship, and they're going home, headed for home, and these women, these these like mermaids, would sing this song. They're called sirens, and they would sing this song and and lure these soldiers over or these sailors over there where they were, and their boat would crash into the rocks and it would destroy them. That's, I mean, that's a short version of a very long odyssey. But globalism has the same appeal. Ultimately, it's destructive. It lures people into into the shoals, into the rocks, and it sinks their ship. The Bible teaches nationalism, and it warns against globalism. This issue divides our nation because it involves two very different ideologies, two different worldviews. Nationalism was birthed in the first fall of Babylon, Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Most of us know this story. We read that the whole world shared a common language. The whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Verse 2, Genesis 11, verse 2, says, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. Globalism didn't last. That was a call for globalism. Globalism didn't last. Genesis chapter 11, verses 7 and 8 tells us what happened next. Quote, the Bible, Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city, this Tower of Babel. The dawn of nationalism upon the destruction of Babylon was a direct effect of the depravity, the sinfulness, the unrighteousness of humanity. When left to our own devices, united together under this global village concept of the left, the culture declines because the people decline spiritually. And ultimately, ultimately, our leadership in a global concept that we're now under in this administration, that concept always gets to the point where the leadership tries to usurp the role of God himself. The biblical case for national identity is strong throughout the Old Testament. I talked about that the other day. Time after time after time in the Old Testament, borders are honored by Moses and others. Throughout the Old Testament, borders are recognized. But in the New Testament, Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, they explain why. And hath made of one blood all nations for men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and bounds of their habitation. That's boundaries. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him, as though groping in the darkness, that means, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. That is how God wants to reach the world, by giving his son, who was crucified, died, and resurrected on our behalf because we have sinned and we needed that sin paid for and we could not do it. And the way God wants that message dispersed into the world is through all of us within our boundaries or the bounds that he has set mankind to. And when we decided to go against that at the Tower of Babel, God came and dispersed and confuse the languages. And we're seeing some results of that still today. We need to have an ear to hear. We need not to be 
enticed over to the rocks by the sirens of Odyssey. But we need to hear the word of the Lord and hear what God has to say to us. I'm out of time. I have more to say, of course, but we'll continue this tomorrow. I need your support. We need to catch up. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.